Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's happening, everybody? Stephen Wilson here for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, and we've got a special interview for you today. I recently had the chance to speak to the U Progress Wrestling World Champion, the Pride of Wales, Eddie Dennis, in which we got the chance to speak about his transition, his well-documented transition from being a full-time teacher to being a full-time wrestler, his work in progress, working with the likes of Mark Andrews, both as a team and as enemies, his big win recently at Alexandra Palace and of course his work with NXT UK it was a joy to speak to Eddie and I hope you enjoyed the interview so here it is enjoy I'll start off with a question that we like to ask a lot of the people we interview and it's just a simple one of uh, why is it you love wrestling and where does your passion stem from oh wow so I've liked it like most people I suppose I've liked it since I was a child so um, my dad used to take WCW on I guess it was late night on SOC or maybe on ITV, I'm not sure, back in the really, really, really early 90s. I used to let me watch it during the days. It was on late at night. That was like my first exposure to it. And then I was born in 86, so I kind of grew up wrestling. So in the early 90s, when I was sort of five or six years old, everyone in school loved the, the big over-the-top cartoon characters like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and stuff, and I was no different. And then by the time I reached sort of young adolescence, sort of, I was 12 in 98 when the Attitude Era really kicked into gear. So Stone Cold Steve Austin was like the perfect hero for a 12-year-old boy, I think. So yeah, that's certainly where it stems from. And I guess my love of it is, is from that feeling it gave me in that, that sort of escapism it gave me in childhood, you know, real-life action heroes and all that. Uh, at what point did you realise that you wanted to actually take it up as more than just something that you watched? So, I'm really not supposed to say this, but I used to play wrestling with my friends and stuff like most people do um, but I never really even understood that it was something which you could pursue as a career especially in the United Kingdom I wasn't aware of any kind of independent scene in the UK I just watched for a little short while at the start there I watched WCW and then I pretty much just exclusively watched WWF no WWE product and that was kind of the only lesson that I was really aware of until much later on in life mm-hmm. I didn't really even know it was it was an option but which is one of the great things about this like there being a performance centre and stuff in the UK you know and NXT UK is now a little kid like me growing up who's obsessed with the WWE will, uh, will actually see a route towards getting there anyway that's, that's, that's going off topic slightly mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't really yeah I didn't really realise that, that you could do it and then I, I went ahead and went through um, education and did a degree in mathematics and when I was coming up to graduate my degree in mathematics I really had no clue what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was getting 
mm-hmm. and there was an advert for Landstorm Wrestling Academy in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try and be a wrestler because I don't want to become an accountant and I don't really want to become a math teacher or, or any of these things which a math degree would automatically lead to. So I'm just going to go off and try and live a dream. And then I researched a bit further, realised that I could train in the UK. I never ended up going to Lance's school, but that that advert for Lance's school in a magazine was sort of my first exposure to, uh, to, to there being a possibility to train in professional wrestling and it's all snowballed from there I guess yeah I can I can relate to a lot of the stuff you actually said there because I also did um, maths at uni and I had the same oh, and I had the same feeling that when I finished my four years I was like I have absolutely no clue what I'm going to do but uh, instead of yeah. instead of training I went to do a masters so and then I've ended up doing yeah. podcasting and ju- a bit of journalism so this thing, it, I think it's one of those things where a lot of people who go to university go there because if you're sort of a well-educated academic person in school is just a natural transition to going to university and you're not really thinking about, especially when you do like a traditional subject like an English or a mathematics, I think a lot of people who do subjects like that, they're not particularly vocational subjects, it's not with a particular career in mind, mm-hmm. it's just that was maybe the subject that you were best at in college or in school, so that was the subject that you went and did a degree in. Um, and then you get to the end of your degree and you're like, oh no, I'm an adult, but I didn't realise it. <laughs> I know, tell me about it, but you're, you're, you're going to do extremely landstorm, says a lot better than me going back for an extra year, tell me that's something, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's well known that you did eventually go into academics, you became a teacher, you, then you eventually became a principal teacher and your journey's quite well known, the fact that a couple of years ago that you made the decision to go away from doing that full-time and take up wrestling as a full-time career, essentially. Yeah. Can, I, can you talk a wee bit what was going through your mind at that particular time? What was swaying your um, your decision at that point in time? Obviously, there's obviously the financial aspects and everything that at all. So. Yeah, it was just, um, it, was a, it was one of those situations where I was at a bit of a crossroads in teaching. I'd accelerated through sort of middle management and senior management much quicker than most people would, um, combination of several factors. But I found myself as the head teacher of a school in my very early 30s, um, which is a lot of responsibility. And I wasn't entirely sure that I wanted to do that for the next 12 or 15 years. I have no negatives about the education industry. I absolutely love my time there. But I just wasn't sure whether I wanted that level of, um, of sort of pressure and responsibility for the next sort of 10 to 15 years. And it's kind of tricky to do well. I, I feel like it's kind of tricky to take steps back in, in anything or I wouldn't want to do it, you know, so I wouldn't really want to look for, you know, just a job as a head of year or, or just a job as a maths teacher or something after being a principal. So mm-hmm. a, a bit of a break in that career seemed like the most the most obvious option and all the while professional wrestling, independent professional wrestling in the UK was growing at this crazy exponential rate mm-hmm. and lots of my friends who hadn't, who were a little bit younger than me and sort of hadn't yet settled into careers were starting to give up their weekend jobs or give up their, you know, their, their nine to five jobs and focus on wrestling and I was looking at my bookings and how much I was starting to make in shows and I was thinking, well maybe if I, you know, go all in on this. I was only trying, I was trying to take one book in a weekend while I was a principal so that I was, you know, overwhelming myself with work and I, and I, I kind of knew that I could pick up three a weekend if I wanted it to be easy. I was turning stuff down left and right. So, trying to do the maths and figure out how much 
open the pause to how much money you're currently on because it certainly didn't come close to that number. But, um, and, and yeah, it just, just took a bit of a plunge. It, it sounds super romantic and, and like this, this big risk. The truth is, education is a really stable profession mm. and I knew that the, I knew that mathematics wasn't going to change in yeah. the next five or ten years and it is something that I could always uh, fall back on if I needed to so I, I, I just figured that I was at a point in my life where you know me and my partner weren't married we don't have children yet but we did have a mortgage so we had a little bit of security with that mm. and uh, it was kind of a bit of a now or never moment you know yeah no, totally. uh, and yeah it worked out yeah, I'm oh, def- never going to a school again. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Cause I, I'm right in saying it was just before the big UK, like the, the UK tournament. You kind of made this decision, wasn't it? Wasn't it? So I watched. I was still a head teacher when the UK tournament happened. The UK tournament happened, I think, in January of 2017, uh, and I was still ahead at the time. And I was sat at home watching it in my house with my girlfriend because loads of my close friends were on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that was right around the time when I was thinking about leaving. Mm-hmm. So I guess if the tournament happened in the January, I remember talking to a couple of guys who did the tournament in sort of the February, um, and did the idea of like jacking it all in and trying to chase the dream. And then I think I handed my notice in in the April and finished up at the school in, in the July. So it was probably about six months after the tournament that I, I actually finished at the school. But it was certainly the first tournament was one of the one of the main triggers, if you like, mm-hmm. in me making my decision. Uh, and how long after uh, that move when you left the school did the, the WWE, did the call from WWE come to, to join up with this UK project that we're doing? Yeah, so I, fin- like I, said, I finished in the July of 2017 um, and then I kind of had goals that I'd set myself like by the end of 2017 I wanted to have wrestled in York Hall by the end of 2017 I wanted to main event at a progress show I wanted to have wrestled abroad I wanted to have travelled over to Ireland for OTT and one of the things that was on that list is I wanted to have tried out for the WWE mm-hmm. and I got invited to try out that November Right. so I got invited to my tryouts in the November and at the end of my set of tryouts at least there was very much a situation of we're not quite sure what this is yet but mm. this is going to turn into something when it turns into something some of the people here today will be contacted mm. and then I guess it kind of turned into something around the May the following year the May 2018 which is when you know WWE sort of called and said we've got we've got something for you with regards to this this new UK band. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also around about this time that whilst in progress you started off your feud, the you know, much acclaimed feud to many with your, your good friend Mark Andrews. Obviously, you'd have yep, been right. you'd been tag team you've been tag team partners for many years before that. Was the whole idea uh-huh. of feuding something that you and Mark had wanted to do for a while, or was this kind of a sudden thing? So we muted it way back at chapter ten, I think. Oh wow! So chapter ten, Mark wins the. Uh, natural progression tournament and he chooses to he can like he can resubmit an entrant mm. into the following year's tournament uh-huh. and he resubmits Will Ospreay mm-hmm. and I'm inside and I'm a bit like come on mate why didn't you why didn't you choose me and that was meant to like foreshadow maybe something mm-hmm. um, 
but we got, we were so popular as a tag team and we were having so much fun as a tag team. I remember that was chapter 10 and they kind of told us, ah, maybe we'll pull you apart. And then at chapter 11, we wrestled the Swords of Essex and they said, are you winning? Oh, by the way, you're winning the tag titles in the big show, in the first show in the Electric Ballroom as well. Right. So we were like, oh, <laughs> I guess there's no, there's no immediate plan for us to do a split. But it was, you know, it was muted way back then. So there was, there was sort of reasoning and logic going back years as to why maybe the split would happen. It just worked out really perfectly around that time that I finished in teaching, you know. I finished in teaching in the July. I had I released that video, the gym, that beautiful video, the gym, that's what I produced of me leaving uh, teaching. I had a lot of buzz about me on the independent scene and I was like, how, like, it was just starting to take that buzz maybe it was just starting to tail off and I was like, how can I kick this kick this in so, so that the buzz keeps riding mm-hmm. um, and that's when I sort of moved to the idea of maybe I turn on Mark at the September show in Alley for Alley and, and then you know once again I'm a really focal important point of promotion and the independent scene in general because it kind of took a life of its own and became this like critically acclaimed thing that everyone was talking about yeah and I, I think it's really good that it's, you're talking now that's about two years ago that original turn happened at Alley Pally and Everything's all came full circle as of last weekend at time of recording. Where at the same yeah, venue, wild. Couldn't, couldn't <laughs> yeah, at the same venue that you cashed in the opportunity that you won against Mark Andrews at Wembley to become the U Progress yeah. World Champion. Can you talk to us about what your feelings were throughout that day and how obviously the match the win itself? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was pretty. I was pretty nervous. Again, it's one of those things that we kind of did a little while ago, but everything in professional wrestling is really changeable. <laughs> so until until you're involved in the industry, you don't really realise how often things can change on the day, you know? <laughs> so you can't get... I've, I've just learned not... I've been doing this for like 12 years now, like I've just learned not to get my hopes up about things. <laughs> so obviously I was really excited for it to be with regards to like story arcs involving me and Mark, as you sort of like already addressed. <laughs> It was kind of perfect, you know, it turned on him in the September of 2017 at Ali Pali, finally won the contract, ended the field in the ladder match at Wembley, September 2018, cash in in Ali Pali, September 2019. This cool career story, you know, you don't see a lot of stuff like that on the independent scene, really. Um, so, yeah, I was, just, I was just really nervous that maybe they were going to change their mind. <laughs> I was really nervous that we'd get there and be like, hey, there's a change of plan, we're going to do this. And then once it sort of became apparent that it was definitely happening, and it's just it's just super exciting, really, because I didn't have to do a lot physically, so it wasn't a case of being being nervous that I was gonna that I was gonna blow something. It was just excited to hear what the reaction would be and stuff. Yeah, you were saying that I was you you not you went a lot physical there because uh, you'd you'd had an injury for a few months prior to that, but. Of winning the title right, yeah. to me sounds like sound, we could be seeing you back more regularly on NXT UK in the coming months or so because you were in a hot run before you got your injury. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, as you say, like my run towards the first takeover, I was really, really, really pleased with, and then even though I came out on the losing side with Dave, I was really proud of what we sort of put on at takeover, and I think I left takeover with even though I lost the kind of I feel like I left takeover with more momentum than what I went into takeover with. Mm-hmm. And then I got injured in the March, you know, so it wasn't long after that, really. I think I did two television matches after TakeOver. So, yeah, 
been a little while. I'm super close, super close to being ready. It's right around that sort of six month period that you'd expect to need off for a torn pack. Mm. Um, we've got TV tapings coming up in Brentwood on October the 4th and October the 5th mm. in Essex. That would be a wicked one for me. I live, you know, just outside of London down in Egham. So it's almost local for me, <laughs> if you like. So I've got my fingers and toes crossed that maybe I'll be cleared to, to get back on TV that weekend. And then if not, obviously we've got television tapings on uh, the 15th and the 16th of November at Ben Hull. Um, and that would be the, you know, the other option. So the beautiful thing is, previously working on an independent level, you kind of just gotta wait until you feel that I'm okay, mm-hmm. and then and then back your tours in. When you work for a company like the WWE, you obviously have trained professional doctors and trainers that can assess you and say, hey, I know you feel good, but you probably need an extra three or four weeks, and, and you know, and you can trust them that. Welsh tag team champions in NXT UK right now. We could soon have a Welsh, you know, NXT champion, you know. Yeah, I mean, God, how, how poetic would it be if we had a champion over in Cardiff? That was the toughest one. I've been to all of the television tapings um, during my injury, obviously, and mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the brand sort of build, and uh, lots of my, my, my colleagues and friends do super well. Cardiff was, was tough, man. <laughs> Cardiff mm-hmm. was a tough one to sit backstage when all that was going on and watching especially because it was Mark you know yeah. watching Mark and Flash win the tag titles was this weird equal part I was elated for them and I was also like the most jealous human being <laughs> you've ever seen in your life you know and terribly bitter about the fact that I wasn't involved no t- definitely but listen that's all the questions I've got Eddie so again thanks for your time and I hope your injury heals up really quickly and look forward to seeing more of you in the coming the coming year in both NXT UK and Progress sweet thanks so much Stephen Stop whatever you're doing right now. You've only got one choice. This is Billy Kirkwood. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Get on it! Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.